How many of you all have holiday traditions? Three, three people. The rest of y'all are a bunch of Scrooges. Yeah, y'all are a bunch of Grinches. That's what y'all are. I don't want to hear any amens coming from y'all. I want to hear bah humbugs, all right? Because that's who you are. I'm just kidding. We have uh, a couple of family traditions, a couple of holiday traditions, but one of the ones I can remember the most growing up, it was a staple. When I think about Christmas, I think about this moment. And my aunt, my aunt would send my sister and I a Christmas ornament in the mail every year. There was never a letter talking about how much uh, we meant to her or that, we, that she loved us. It was just an ornament. She just wanted to, to do something for us. And it was, it was always a little gold-plated in different shapes. Like a, the year I was born, it was a baby laying on a cloud. And it had the year engraved in it. It had my name. And I got 18 of those. I got one every single year for 18 years. And uh, she, just wanted her, she just wanted me to know that she loved me and that she was thinking of me. You know, there were times when I was growing up that I, I got presents from my dad. Sometimes I didn't get presents from my dad. Sometimes I saw him. Sometimes I didn't. There were, there were people in and out of my lives that, that I felt left by or forsaken by. But I always forgot that those ornaments were coming. I don't know how, but I always forgot that I was going to even get it. And then all of a sudden I would get one in the mail and I knew what it was. <coughs> and I was excited. I was excited because it wasn't the ornament. It wasn't something that I could play with. It was just a, a reminder that somewhere, someone wants to make sure, wants to know that I know that she loves me. And it means the world to me. It always meant the world to me. And I, I found out something this week that really blew my mind because I didn't know it. And, it, and it, I want to encourage you all to ask more from your parents, more from your family, more, more get to know their testimonies. I didn't know this week <clears throat> that my mother had never set foot in a church until she was 15 years old. I didn't know. I didn't know. I always assumed that my grandparents brought her to church, but it wasn't the case. I, that she just didn't have anybody that wanted to take her to church, and she had no idea. But my aunt, who sent me a, a Christmas ornament every year, found Jesus in her 20s and wanted to make sure that her younger sister found Jesus too. And because my aunt's single act of obedience in taking my mother to church, my mother found Jesus. Her daughter found Jesus. I found Jesus. My children have found Jesus. I, after having been able to receive the gospel from my mother, have been able to now spread the gospel. One person decided to bring the one they really wanted to make sure that they knew Jesus ended up having more and more and more and more people come to know the Lord because one person decided to be obedient one day. You see, sometimes your obedience Sometimes your act of sacrifice, sometimes you just loving the Lord is the one blessing that someone has been waiting for. 
The one blessing somebody didn't even know that they were waiting on, didn't even know that they needed, didn't even know that it could be possible. But then you showed up loving Jesus like you do. And all of a sudden, someone's encouraged. Someone's filled, renewed, and reconciled home to the kingdom of heaven because you said yes to God. So today's uh, uh, title, the sermon title is Willing and Waiting. When I ask you today, are you willing? Are you waiting? Which one? Can we stand together for the reading of God's word? <clears throat> so, leaving off from last week, Gabriel had just showed up to Mary and said that she was going to be overshadowed by God. And that she would receive a child. Right? Big news happening. Big things happening. An amazing blessing has come. And so the very first thing she does, is she goes to tell her cousin. Right? She goes to tell her cousin. Because she hasn't told anybody yet. She hasn't done anything yet. She wants to go to... Nowadays, if the angel of the Lord Gabriel showed up to you, what are y'all going to do? You're going to go live on Facebook and be like, Hey, angel of the Lord here. This is crazy. Isn't it amazing? I'm going to be overshadowed, y'all. That's why. Look, just tell everybody as soon as you can. But she didn't. She went to the one person she was close to, right? She wanted to share it with the person that she was closest to. Starting in verse 39, in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, when she heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. At the greeting. Just at the greeting. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. In other words, just like he said he would. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? You may be seated. Father, we thank you for your, your word. We, we, we pray that it penetrates us and rejuvenates us. And allows us to be willing and ready to go for you. In Jesus' name, amen. She walked in. She walked in and didn't go, boom. Listen, you got to hear this. Gabriel just showed up and there was angels and there was like, oh, and all this crazy stuff. And it was crazy. And, and then the baby leapt for joy. No. She walked in and said, hi. In the greeting. In the greeting, the baby leapt for joy. Didn't even know what had happened yet. Hadn't explained it. Hadn't told anybody about it. But his mere presence showing up was enough to praise loudly 
to praise loudly. It's, it's exactly what she was waiting for. She didn't even realize that that's what she was waiting for. She didn't realize the blessing that she was waiting for just walked in her house until he walked in her house. Now, I, I, a lot of times when we read this scripture, we focus that the unborn child recognized the, the presence of our Savior and then began to worship and leap for joy in, in, in Elizabeth's stomach. I, that's an amazing, amazing part of the story. But I, I want to focus on Elizabeth today. We don't talk about her as much as soon Soon as Mary walked in, she began to praise God for Mary. Now, the very uh, the first five months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, she kept secluded. She she kept kept home. She stayed home in quarantine. Right? She didn't want to catch nothing. That's a joke, y'all. Five months she stayed home. The first five months of her pregnancy, she stayed home. Now. I don't know specifically, but I hear pregnancy is pretty hard. I don't have any experience with it myself, but I got to witness my wife. I got to witness my wife, and, and, and when she became pregnant, when we found out she was pregnant, she had those motherly instincts immediately where she's like, I'm pregnant? Okay. And just would walk around like rubbing her belly just all day, just loving on her belly. I do it, and it's weird, but she does it, and it's beautiful. I don't understand. But, but she did. She would just walk around and just love her belly. She just loved being pregnant. Every little flutter, she would go, oh, it's going to make me cry talking about it. But every little move, she would say, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Feel, feel, feel. And she just was so excited to be pregnant. For about the first six months. That's seven, eight, nine, though. She was done. I love my child. Get him out. Right? Like, I'm done with this part of it. I can't roll over without you pushing me over. Like, help me. And these Morrison boys are notorious for having a great big head, too, and just, like, moving around a bunch. So she, she got to where she was miserable. She was ready for it to be over with. And my wife cannot wait for anything. She gives me most of my Christmas presents early. I've opened three of them this year already. Yeah, I busted you out, Charity. I love you, honey. But she can't wait. She just can't wait. So the fact that she loved this child so much from the moment that she found out she was pregnant that she knew she would have to wait nine months before she even got to hold him was difficult for her. It was difficult. She was just like, I just want to love you and just hold you and just, just so excited. But it was difficult. Can you imagine being pregnant and having to stay home for the first five months of your pregnant, not go anywhere, not see anybody? And your husband, Zechariah, ain't really talking to you. See, that was a Bible joke and y'all got it. I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of y'all. He wasn't really talking. He wasn't a whole lot of help. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, Mary walks in. She didn't know, he was, she didn't know that Mary was coming. But as soon as Mary walked in, the confirmation of what God had called her to do was set in motion. The, the encouragement for the mother that she was supposed to be for John was, was put into motion. The, the refueling of the Holy Spirit, it said that she revealed and, 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 and 
received the Holy Spirit when Mary said, hello. It was the blessing she didn't even know she was waiting for. She was willing to carry this child, willing to stay home, willing to do the things that a mother needed to do, but she didn't know what the next step was. She was stuck, literally, at home. And then the blessing walks in. You see, that's what happened when Jesus comes into your life. Sometimes you've been waiting for him forever. Sometimes you didn't even know you were waiting. But then, but then... He shows up because Mary was obedient. Because Mary said, yes, I will be overshadowed by God. I will. And let me go. And when she went and told Elizabeth the mere greeting, Mary's obedience was at such a level that just her saying yes to the Lord filled Elizabeth with the Holy Spirit. The best example for Christ, the best evidence of the validity of Christ and who he is, is not any apologetics argument that you can make. It's not any historical document or any kind of trying to figure out dates and times. It's it's not so much trying to find historical facts in this. The best example of Jesus Christ, the validity of Christ, is the fruit and the presence of him working in your life. When someone sees you doing it, when someone sees you living, when someone can look at you and go, wow, that person is the temple of the living God. When they speak, I hear the discernment of Jesus. When they love, I feel the presence of our Lord. When they look at me, I feel the focus and devotion of God working through them. The best example for Christ is you. The best example for Christ is you. The things that he's done in your life the things that he's doing in your life, and the things you're still waiting for him to do, and how you wait for them. The best example for Jesus is Jesus in you. You see, my, my aunt, we lost her this week. We lost her this week, and I, I'm not, it was sad. But it was only sad for like that long. Because I know I know, I know, y'all, that she's with Jesus. If there was everybody, anybody, it's her. Because I knew from a small child that this was a person in my life and in my family's life that loved me unconditionally, loved me with everything that I had, loved everybody that we were in a family with. If there was ever anybody that made sure everyone felt welcome and grace put upon them, it was my aunt speaking to everyone in the house. But one thing she made sure of is that you know who Jesus is. Because it's good to know you, Anita. It's good to know who you are. Lisa, it's good to know who you are. JR, it's good to know you. Jennifer, it's good to know you. Jeff, it's good, to, it's good to know you guys. It's great to know you guys. It's better to know Jesus. And it's even better to know that you know Jesus. 
And to know that you know Jesus. And to know that you know Jesus. And you know Jesus. See, it's good to know you. It's good to know him. But man, it's good to know that you know him. It's good to know that you know him. It's good to know that my wife knows him. It's good to know that my children knows him. The fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me blows me away. Blows me away. But when I kneel down beside my kid's bed at night and I sing them a song and I pray for them and I pray with them to know, to know, y'all, that he did it for them, I can't do anything with that. I can't do any more with that. I was flabbergasted and humbled and absolutely blown away that he would do it for me, but he did it for my kids, y'all. He did it for my sons. He did it for my daughter. He made a way for me. But man, he made a way for them. And to know them is better than knowing y'all. I, I, know, I, I love my kids. Knowing Jesus is incredible. And knowing that they know him. Guys, he's good. He's good. Oh, he's good. And just knowing that someone knows him, they can walk into your house and say hi and make you receive the Holy Spirit and start praising God just for knowing them and knowing that they're there. She said hi to her. She greeted her. Anybody ever greet you? And you know that person loves the Lord. I can tell by the way they love me. I can tell by the way they greeted me. And then she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. Her reaction is amazing. It's really amazing. We skip over how beautiful of a reaction Elizabeth is in this moment because of the miracle of John leaping inside her stomach. But guys, she just had five months to herself with no real emotional support from Zachariah. It's not like he's going, hey, honey, it's okay. Hey, honey, we're going to get through this. Hey, honey, do you want another pillow? Hey, honey, do you want more M&Ms and pickles? You know what I mean? Like he's not really, he's not really talking to her. He's not really helping her out. And all of a sudden somebody comes in who comes and tells her that, hey, you're pregnant. I'm pregnant too. But guess what? Mine is the son of God. Not for a second did she go, how come my baby doesn't get to be the son of God? I'm pregnant too. How come I have to do this by myself? How come I'm pregnant alone? How come I'm dealing with all these things by myself and my cousin just gets to come in here with her youthfulness? I'm all old and stuff, but why can't I? Haven't I deserved it? Haven't I deserved being able to be the mother for the Savior? Why, why do you get to have that and I get to just be pregnant with John? People react that way. Your blessing is not my blessing. My blessing is not your blessing. My struggle is not your struggle. The things that I should be obedient in, the things that have been called upon me to do, has been called upon me to do. The things that God has called you to do, therefore you to do. I don't want to begrudge anybody else's blessing. 
I don't want to begrudge anybody else's calling. God blesses me with what he blesses me with. And he calls me to what purpose he calls me to. And he called you to what purpose he called you to. From the moment she saw Mary walk in, she celebrated what God was doing in her life. Not, that's really great. I've been here for five months. Not, hey, that's really great. You know, Zechariah's not talking. It was only praise. It was only praise. It was only excitement for what God was doing in her life. It was only, only you are going to be blessed among women. All time. You're, you're like one of the great all times. You. Your child will be blessed. How could it happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Humility. The only time she thinks of herself is when she's like, how lucky am I that I get to be in the presence of you? The presence of God, the presence of Jesus Christ. No jealousy, no envy, just praise. Somebody say, just praise. Just praise. For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her, just like he said he would. I love it when biblical figures get to heaven. I told you so. I love it. It's one of the greatest things in all of scriptures when they're like, hey, he said he was going to do this, and guess what? He did it. Told you so. It's good. It's good to have those moments. It's good to have those moments when, when you get to tell yourself that, when you pray for something and we, you say, you know what, God, I know you're going to take care of this. I know you are. I know you will. So I leave it in your hands. And then you do. And then he does. And then you get to say, I told you so. I knew it. I knew you would. Not begging for healing. Not begging for, for, for things. Not begging and hoping and, and, and just begging. Just go ahead and thanking for the miracle that's coming because you already know it's coming. Being grateful for what he's doing as opposed to hopeful for what he might do. He's not a baby God. He's going to do it. His promises are always yes and amen. Not maybe another time if I can figure it out, if I have time. No, yes and amen. Your obedience is the blessing that someone's waiting on. Your sacrifice is the blessing that someone's waiting on. You saying, here I am, Lord, send me. That means there's someone waiting for you. There's somebody waiting for you to hear your story. To hear your, your things that you've been brought out of. To hear your testimony. It gets hard whenever things are going on right now and God calls you to do something around the holidays. Oh, but I've got to go to my mother-in-law's thing and I've got this thing. I don't know if I can go and pray with this person today, God, because, you know, it's a busy time of year. No. Someone is waiting on you. Someone you care about is waiting to be blessed by God the Father through your 
obedience. Through you just showing up and greeting them. Showing up. Somebody can exclaim with a loud cry how good God is because you showed up. Anybody ever showed up in your life and it made you go, okay, God, okay. I didn't know that's what I needed. I didn't know that's what I I needed to do. I didn't know that's what I needed to let go of. I didn't know that that's what I needed to surrender. I didn't know that that's who I was supposed to be feeding into. I didn't know that I was supposed to stop doing that and start doing this. I didn't know. I didn't know, God. I didn't know that I was even waiting on anything. But man, oh man, you gave me exactly what I was waiting on. And here I am going after you even more. Your obedience is the blessing. The confirmation that somebody's doing it right. Your obedience is the blessing and proof of Christ to someone. The best example for the living, breathing, miraculous power of Jesus Christ is the miracle that he did in you. Anybody ever had a miracle happen to him? Look around. Look around. Look around. There's a lot of miracles waiting to be heard. A lot of miracles waiting to be heard. Have you ever told it? Have you ever told it? Did you tell it today? Tell it again. Did you just get done telling it? Well, tell it again. Have you told it 10 times today? I want to hear number 11. God is good. He 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 is good. Over and over and over and over and over again. It'll never get old. It'll never be somebody that you know, it just goes, you know what, I, I knew that. I don't really need to hear it. No, I'm good. Everyone always needs to hear the goodness of God. And if that gets us flagged and taken off online, God is still good. He's still good. He's still good. You see, it wasn't just for Elizabeth. It wasn't just for Elizabeth. Mary, a young Mary, scared to death, goes. And when she goes to Elizabeth, Elizabeth is confirmed in what it is that she's supposed to do because of the presence of God working in Mary. But when Mary leaves, she is confirmed in the presence of God in her because of the reaction of Elizabeth. So when she leaves, she holds her head a little higher. She sticks her chest out a little more, knowing that she's walking with Christ, knowing that she's on the path of righteousness, knowing that what she's doing is ordained and miraculous in the eyes of God because of one person's obedience. So much so, she sang when she left. Right after, in verse 46, this is called Mary's praise. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me. And his name is Holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. 
He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his, his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors, just as he said he would. See, her reaction changed. When she's seen Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit, so excited for the baby that was inside her, she left praying that her soul would magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. That from here all generations will know because of what you are doing for me. That the promises that you have always had are yes and amen and they are going to be fulfilled for my children, my children's children, and their children's children, and their children's children where there was no way there is now. Because of you. Because of the obedience of you. Somebody's waiting on a blessing. Somebody's waiting on a word from the Lord. Somebody is waiting for a sign. And it's shaped like you. It sounds like you. It looks like you. And it will be inspired by the Holy Spirit. It'll just be you standing there being used by God the Father. It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift to know that God is using you. But he will, and he can. A lot of times as a pastor, I get asked, you know, pastor, I just don't know what my calling is. I just don't know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. I, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what it is that God has blessed me with to be able to, so I'm, I'm waiting on a sign. I'm waiting on a sign for him to tell me what to do and where to go. I'm just waiting on a sign. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Okay? God has blessed you with unique and powerful abilities. But they begin by serving your family. Praying for your wife or your husband and your children and your parents. Building them up. Creating disciples in your home so that you can go out as a family and create more disciples. Read the word. Study the word. Pray, 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 pray. Praise, 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 praise. Worship in all that you do. That is your calling. The things that come after that will come after that. You can start with loving God with everything you have, all your heart, all your soul, all your might, everything that you can possibly put into it, your absolute and total devotion to who God is. And also love his people. Love his people, his sons and his daughters with everything that you have, as much as you possibly can, in every possible moment. That's your calling. Here's your sign that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, is there more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't skip to half the book, though, and try to read the whole story from the half of it to the end of it. Do chapter one of your sanctification. Chapter one, page one. Love God with all your heart and all your soul 
and love his people. And then tell me what story comes from that. Tell me how the story unfolds of your life after you started on chapter one, page one of loving God with everything that you have and loving people with everything that you can. I'm excited to see what happens in your story because it ain't over yet. There's someone waiting on a blessing and it's coming from you. And you may say, you know what? I don't have anything to offer. I don't have what it is. I'm not, I'm not pregnant with, you know, a miraculous child. I can't go to somebody's house and let them know. You have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside you. You have nothing more that you need. There's nothing more that you could possibly need. God equipped you, prepared you, and has sent you and called you to according to his purpose. What are you waiting on? Because we can be willing, but we're waiting. So willing and waiting. But now you're willing and able so go, go. I pray today that you never have a response that when God calls you to do something, that it is anything other than here I am. Send me. Send me. When I was baptized and I came out of the waters of baptismal, there stood my mother and my aunt. And then someone else that I had never come seen come to a church thing. And it was my uncle. Her husband. He came to see me be baptized. Her obedience in my mother. Spurned a believer. That then called me to a life. To where I get to be called righteous. And my obedience in going under the waters of baptism, was able to bring my uncle. You don't know how it works. You don't know how it fits together. There's no way to ever figure it out. You can't add it up. There's not an equation. You can't go A equals and figure it out. Hey, if I do this, then that means that will bring this person and then possibly this person. Nope. Just do the one thing God has called you to do and watch all the other things line up according to his purpose. Are you willing? I already know you're able. Be the blessing that someone's waiting on through your obedience, through your willingness to serve through your willingness to, to, to just love someone, your willingness to sacrifice and give something up that it's not about you. I can mention time after time after time where someone came into my life. Was Jesus to me in that moment? And it's the blessing I didn't know I was waiting on. It's the hang-up that I didn't realize I was hung up in. It was the tangle that I needed to get untangled. I didn't know. But because someone that was important to me chose, because it's a choice, chose 
to be obedient to the living God according to his purpose and his word. It blessed me and pushed me to hear. (laughs) Guys, you don't understand. The last thing I ever wanted to be was a preacher. Last thing. It's like all this, the rest of this list, and then like at the bottom of it was like, I don't want, those are the list of things I don't want to do. And God's like, hey, that's what you're going to do. And it wasn't until I had someone love me right where I was right where I was and in that moment I received a blessing that I didn't know I was waiting on I didn't know that it was a missing factor of something that I was trying to put together it must have looked so funny to God because I had this like square peg and a round hole and I was like, just won't fit. And then he sent one of his disciples and took it out of my hand and gave me the right one. Gave me the key to make it fit. I don't know if you've been waiting on something this morning for a a small amount of time or a big amount of time. I don't know. I don't know if you've been waiting on something. But I want to be obedient enough to tell you right now, don't wait any longer. Don't wait any longer. I lost my aunt this week, but I I get to celebrate knowing that she's with Jesus. Because it's good to know you. It's good to know him. I can't tell you how good it is to know that she knew him. So I'm asking you today. I'm asking you today to know this. Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, he became your sin. Yours. He became your parents' sin. He became your your children's sin. He became sin so that you could share in the righteousness of God. It's amazing. It takes my breath away every single time. he loved you enough that even in your sin died for you that if we just believe with all our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord we get the gift of God eternity with him the gift of God your entire life you have had the gift 
of God handed to you. It's got your name tag on it. It was for you, wrapped for you, paid for with a price for you, meant for you, designed for you. And there's nobody else's gift. That gift is yours. Maybe you've opened it. Maybe you knew what was inside it so you didn't open it. I'm asking you today to tear into it. Tear into it and receive the gift of God. Eternal life in Christ Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it today. Don't wait any longer. Receive it for the kingdom. Receive it for you. Receive it today. But receive it knowing that because you receive it, someone else is going to see the validity of Christ and Christ, the realness of Jesus Christ working in you. And because he could do it in you, he could do it in them. I'm telling you, if he could do it in me, he could do it in you. The best example of Jesus Christ is in the stirring you feel right now. The pull that you feel knowing that he saved your soul right now. Or the pull in knowing that you want him to. Don't wait another second. Receive the gift of God.